Hi, I'm Tanita Kane from the Kane Law Firm. For 23 years, we have been the name you know, and definitely the name you can trust for your legal needs, whether it be criminal defense, personal injury, or family law. We can take care of your needs. Call 205-202-4077 or visit our website at www.canelawbham.com. That's www.canelawbham.com. Nicole, tell me a joke. How do you make an egg roll? With chopsticks. You push it. <laughs> that was good and corny right there. That was good and corny. Nicole King serves as the city attorney for the city of Birmingham originally appointed to this position in November of 2014 by Mayor Randall L. Woodfin. She serves in the capacity of Chief Legal Advisor to Mayor Woodfin, the City Council, and 39 city departments and divisions. She provides legal opinions on a myriad of matters and coordinates claims and handles litigation matters on behalf of the city. Nicole has been with the city of Birmingham for 17 years. Nicole completed her undergraduate degree in political science at the University of Alabama and her JD degree at Thurgood Marshall School of Law at Texas Southern University. In her spare time, Nicole enjoys spending time with her husband, Marlon, and their two children. Nicole, tell me a joke. How do you make an egg roll? With chopsticks. You push it. (laughs) (laughs) That was good and corny right there. That was good and corny. This is one of my favorites. Why did the black science study... Wait, I'm sorry. Why did the black scientist study microbiology? To learn about the earth. She did it for the culture. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. That was was a good good one. one. It's a a good little corny (laughs) when I go to from time to time. Now, um, you, you have a perfect bio because it tells about what you do, but it gives me the opportunity to ask how you got there. So... I want you to tell me what home life was like, what schools did you attend, church, um, what was it like growing up in the household, did you play in the band, you know, like all that good stuff up to high school. So we're going way back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who your folks is. (laughs) So I was very fortunate. Um, I'm an only child. I was born and raised, been uh, in Birmingham 
all my life. And, well, I'll say until I moved to Houston for a period, but that we'll, we'll get into that. So my father is an attorney. He serves as currently as a city attorney for the city of Midfield. My mother is a retired social worker. And so growing up was uh, quite interesting because I could never get anything past my father. He was able to catch me in anything. Um, And I always felt like I was on trial, but he did it in a smooth way. So um, that experience growing up as an only child, um, they taught me about hard work. Um, I was not allowed to be spoiled. Everything that was raised within me was that you have to work and earn everything that you have. And so I've grown up with that principle um, that carried me off to UA, University well, of Alabama. Mm-mm. We ain't done. Oh, we're not we, done? Uh-uh. Okay, I'm, I'm skipping. Got, yeah, okay. you skipping too fast. Too fast. Um, Somewhere along in there, you met a little girl that I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember <laughs> how. How did that come about? So one Wasn't of my... Wasn't that at... Um, All Saints. All Saints. All Saints that, Elementary. <laughs> one of my dear friends, Jamie Williams. Uh-huh. And at that time, there were a few minorities. And I had the fortune to go to school with Jamie Williams, who was your little sister. <laughs> Wasn't it like... It was four of y'all? It was four of us. Yeah. Four of us. And so we had fun um, at the summer parties and... and Hanging with my big brother. Uh, I don't know if the audience knows you, but I know you as Pi. That's right. So, um, and growing up around your parents, and I'm just fortunate to be here today, and and this is just an honor, sitting in front of you. This is... I can tell y'all some stories, y'all. If y'all want to know about Pi. I don't know about the (laughs) honor part, but it sure is a trip. You know what I mean? Like, um, our our parents were close or thought enough of the relationship of the two of you we all became family absolutely you know what I'm saying and so um that relationship has matured and over time and I don't know if you knew this but like your dad played a mentor to me you know at like that's my dude. Yes, you know what yes, I'm saying? Yes. And uh, he has really um, given me some of that sage advice you were talking about. Now, um, high school. High school. How can I forget my, my the best one of the best high schools in Birmingham, Ramsey. Amen. Ramsey. And, yes, I did play in the band under uh, Mr. Crenshaw. That's right. And I played the flute. You played the flute. I played okay. the flute. Now I did not play for the full school band, but uh-huh. I took I took band under Miss Crenshaw. And gotcha. He taught us about life. It wasn't just a, a musical class. It wasn't just about an instrument. It was about taking pride in who you are yeah. and who you represent. And that was all the teachers there. And now Ramsey. I was um when I went to Ramsey, it was fifty fifty girl, boy, black, white, all that now. It seems like Ramsey is probably 80% minority. What was it when you guys were there? What when, were the numbers? When I was there, it was about 60% black, 40% white. Okay. Yeah. So it was, you still, I mean, from All Saints all the way through high school. And I tell people this all the time, like, I wasn't raised in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, I did not experience a lot of 
the negative things that people have to fight through. And I praise God and thank my family for um, that blessing. But we were always, it was instilled in us to give back, though. Absolutely. Right? And so when I, all the way back to it being a trip, like, I never thought I'd have a podcast, like, you know, and, and sitting here highlighting the people that I love and adore and grew up with and grew up under me in the whole nine yards. So after you went to, uh, after Ramsey, you went to Bama. Well, I have to say now, please. my dad and mom did not play about church. So every Sunday I was in Sunday school at St. John AME. And you got to say the pastor's name. So, um, Pastor Carney Smith okay. was my pastor. Okay. And okay. then moved on. And I, I can't not talk about Our Lady of Sorrows because I'm also a product of Our Lady of Sorrows and had a great education. And they have well. their big Fourth of July they thing do. coming yes. up. I was watching that on um, the news this morning. So I, I think I remember hearing about it before, but I, it, that little promo has me really interested in going. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's be exciting. yeah. So uh, at Bama, what was what was that matriculation like? So Bama was the best experience for me. It, it really was. Um, I learned about racism. I mm. uh, learned how so. So I had a professor, mm-hmm. and this was this was the one of the biggest um, situations of racism for me, where. He didn't like the subject of one of my papers in political science, and it was about um, slavery. It was about the government, and um, it was about how to use your voice and and be a part of knowing what is going on in your community. And I, I still have the paper. This is just how monumental this was for me. So the professor gave me a D, and... I came home that weekend and, and told my dad, I said, Dad, this is not right. I don't agree with this. Um, I think that because it was about black history, because mm-hmm. it was about the importance of how blacks for the longest were denied the right to vote, um, that this was an unfair grade. And mm-hmm. so my dad, who was an attorney, who also graduated from Bama, who was a political science major, and my dad never sugarcoats. My dad will tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, he read it and he said, there's nothing wrong with this. He said, you need to meet with that professor. And I did. And I told him that I did not agree with the decision. And he said, well, some of the things in your paper were were too harsh. And I don't feel that they that's your reality, but that's not a part of this. And I said, well, isn't this, this is my major. My major is about government. My major is looking into the history of how things got to where they are and the governmental process that led up to that. And I remember being so angry. Mm -hmm. And he said, change the paper and you'll get a change grade. Have I changed one word? One word. And he gave me a C. And that was the lesson for me about how that environment sometimes can't take the history of my perception of what I deemed true for me and what was true back then. And yeah, some of the things that was true for you. No, it's no, the truth. It, it was. <laughs> but for me to be able to express that was my paper. Yeah. And to penalize me to say that that wasn't in alignment 
of what I knew was history, that was the first lesson for me. But I have to tell you the fellowship that I had with our people, my sorority, Theta Sigma Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, um, really helped me to really, it, it, it was a shelter in the storm. So then, so when I saw unfair things, and it wasn't often, I don't want to paint that picture, right? but when I saw some unfair things happen on campus or even off of campus, that was a refuge for me with my friends, my sorors, and my safety net um, where I felt safe. Mm. You know what we haven't had in a long time? Say it. A good love story. How'd you meet Marlon? How did I meet <laughs> my husband? So I was attending law school. I was in my third year, and I was in the pivotal point of deciding on whether to take the Texas bar or whether to move back to Alabama. Mm. And I came home to be in a friend's wedding and um, ran into Marlon. And I knew a familiar, I, I knew he had a familiar face. And I have um, two twin cousins that graduated from A&M. And I ran into him and I said, hey, you're, you're, your face looks so familiar. And I said, do you know the twins? And And he did. And so we exchanged numbers, and it just it just was was the best thing that ever happened to me. Best thing that ever happened to me. So I had to decide: um, Am I moving back to Birmingham, where I said I was never coming back? Yeah, never coming back. Um, and came back, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. What was it about Texas that had you so enamored with it? So I lived, especially juxtaposed against. Birmingham like you know right. what made you like no I it, what made it hard so when I left Alabama um I had never been too far away from home before mm-hmm. going into the big city at first I hated Houston mm-hmm. I hated Houston I kept getting lost and at that time they didn't even have GPS it was just coming out the Garmin box yeah um and I kept getting lost, and it, it, I, I just remember crying, like, I want to go home. Um, but I ended up sticking it out, and I loved my law school. Okay. And the professors did not play, mm. did not play. Um, and I learned a very valuable lesson about law school. And I tell people that I mentor and I tell young kids today, if something doesn't work out the first time, don't give up. For me— I had a cousin who was working in a grocery store, and he was just honest with me. He said, Nicole, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Um, He graduated from Morehouse, and he said, I don't know where I'm – he said, I want something different. Not that it was wrong working in the grocery store, but he just said he wanted something different. So I encouraged him to go to law school with me. So my dad drove us out there. We were roommates. Um, I thought that I could hang with my big cousin and do everything that my big cousin did. And my dad told me, you're not ready for law school. I said, Dad, I can handle it. But I had too much pride to ask for help. I saw that I was struggling. I saw that things were not going well for me. But I didn't ask for help. Um, Ironically, my cousin, who was the partier, ended up on the dean's list. But again, my pride would not allow me to ask for help. I knew that my grades were not where they should have been. 
So um, to say that I, I'll just say I was forced to realize that at that time, law school was not for me. Mm-hmm. So I taught school. I taught second grade. You look like a teacher. <laughs> I taught school and wow. loved it. And I taught in the inner city of Spring, Texas. Okay. So I drove 45 minutes outside of Houston. And that experience changed my life. Um, 40 African-American kids, I taught language and English, and I had a partner that taught math and science. And so I would get to school 5.45, 6 o'clock in the morning because I had some kids that were not on grade level for second grade. So I would leave. Now, Houston, the traffic is horrible. I would leave early and give my time to make sure that I would tutor some of those kids. And by the end of the year, they were on grade level. And it taught me a lesson. Now, some of the parents struggled. I'm saying, hey, I'm tutoring your child for free. Just bring them to school early. They wouldn't do it. The kids were right there in the neighborhood. Wouldn't do it. Um, but that lesson and the, the, the skills that I learned from that lesson, I said, okay, you know what? My mind is right now. I love what I'm doing. I love teaching these kids, but I'm ready to go back to law school. I'm ready to be focused. And I told God, I said, God, let me show you that I can handle what you're giving me. And I promise you, I'll make you proud. And I also told my dad. Now, my dad told me, he said, I was going to help you out. And I did help you out the first time. This time you're on your own. So I had to work. I worked at Texas Southern University Library at night. I had to pay for my own school, pay for everything, food and everything. My parents were like, hey, this is your decision. you got to work hard, and I did. And so I graduated early, a semester early, um, came back to Alabama and passed the bar the first time. But I will tell you, there is strength in the struggle. That was not easy. And at one point, I never knew if I was going to be a lawyer, and that was always my dream. But by my own decisions – um. <coughs> I delayed that process. So I will say the lesson that I learned from that was to never give up. Wipe, you know, wipe your tears, stand up strong. And people to this day don't understand the struggle. They see the winning jury trials. Out of 23 jury trials, I've only lost three. But they didn't know that I was at work on Sundays, Saturdays, and that I put in time to get to where I, where I am. And I'm just honored that in 2017, Mayor Woodfin appointed me as city attorney. At Alabama Power, there's nothing more important to us than our customers and the communities we serve. Alabama Power is more than your reliable source of electricity. We're committed to building the future of energy and providing innovative solutions to our customers. Alabama Power offers energy efficiency tips to help lower your bills, and the company supports agencies that offer bill assistance. Alabama Power initiates and supports efforts to grow the economy and elevate the state of Alabama. And yes, we are also your reliable source of electricity. Alabama Power is for a better Birmingham and a better Alabama. What's your favorite charity? My favorite charity is Miss Jessie's Place. Tell me about Miss Jessie's Place. So Miss Jessie's Place is located downtown Birmingham, and that's where they take in um, victims of domestic violence, uh, women with children, and um, 
make sure they have a safe place. Mm -hmm. So the reason that's one of my favorite places is because I used to be a domestic violence prosecutor. I used to be a prosecutor, but Mm -hmm. the majority of my cases were domestic violence. So I really have a passion for women that are in situations that are abusive, um, where they feel that they're not safe. And as a prosecutor, I made sure that victims knew that I was an advocate on behalf of the city of Birmingham. Well, if you don't answer one of these questions, they're going to get a donation from you. But these are easy. Okay. They're easy, Uh-oh. I promise. Okay. So we're going to start with the easiest one. Alabama or Auburn? Roll, Roll tide. tide. Alabama State A&M. Now, see, I have <laughs> from both sides. <laughs> Woo. But since uh-huh. the majority of my family A&M. And someone special. No, that was Talladega. Oh, that was Talladega. Talladega. That's right. Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? Both. Both? Both. Cool. Donation. <laughs> Giddy up, though. Giddy up. <laughs> Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? Barons. Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Vulcan, because I got engaged there. Oh, Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? Both, because my kids and I and my husband are there every Another weekend. donation. <laughs> zoo, because we go there majority of the time. Crossplex. Oh, so you go in zoo? Zoo. Okay. Crossplex or Legion Field? Both. Both. <laughs> oh. You just insist on making donations. Yes. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Wow, you're asking. See, now this is not fair. My team, we worked see, they, on the agreements see, for all of these, so see, I can't there, say that. You, it, it, it sounds easy <laughs> at first. Then you're like, hold on, I can't choose. I can't choose. <laughs> Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Botanical Gardens, because that was my wedding reception. Okay. Regents Park or Rickwood Field? Wow. I'm going to go with Rickwood. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? To be everywhere at the same time. (laughs) The same superpower moms already have. And, ooh, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Your favorite NBA team? I'm going to have to go with the... Warriors, Golden State Warriors. Favorite NFL team? Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. What's your favorite scripture, Bible figure, or Bible story? Favorite Bible story would be David and Goliath. Mm. I swear I think I'm David sometimes. He's my favorite. Um, I had one other question. Oh, you've made wonderful decisions in your life. But if you could have the opportunity to go back in time, pick an age, and what advice would you give that self, yourself? When, tell me what age that is and what advice. 25. And you asked me a question earlier about the difference between Houston and Birmingham. I will say in Houston, 
it was more progressive at that time. You had black people in key decision roles that were making things happen for Houston that at the time I was seeing on a smaller scale in Alabama, not in Birmingham, um, but for Alabama as a whole. And so going to Texas and seeing the different dynamics and how progressive um, and how forward thinking Houston was and everything that I was exposed to, I was worried that I would not be able to keep that momentum if I ever move back. So at 25, what I would do differently was I would remain focused, I would say. Now, we fast forward and look up, and that little girl with the pigtails that I used to pick up from All Saints is the city attorney. And... I've watched a lot of people grow up, mature into these positions, most famously, I guess, if you will, Randall. But you're the one that's still the baby to me. I just, you, every time I see you, (laughs) like I don't see you as this person, you're still that little girl. But you're not a little girl anymore, and you have a family of your own. Tell me about, there are women, there are powerful women with families, but being the city attorney is a ball game. A lot of people just can't wrap their arms around. How do you do that at such a high level and then remain so involved with your kids and and your husband? One, God. Mm. Two, family support. I could not do this without the support of my husband and my parents and my family. So, yes, it is very hard um, to be the city attorney over 45 employees. I have three different divisions that I supervise. Municipal court, the litigation side, which are the, the trial attorneys that handle cases from anywhere between a slip and fall to a wrongful death to an excessive police force case. I also have a real estate and transactions division um, that handles all of major contracts, all um, council ordinances and resolutions that come before the council. So we represent Mayor Woodland, we represent the city council, we represent 33 departments and divisions. I can't do that without having a great team. And that I am lucky for. I have a dynamic team that really, they're the powerhouse. Wait, hold on now. Hold on. Because I remember a couple of years ago, any time something needed to go through legal, it would always get lost. It was always taking forever. Yes. So that's changed. It has absolutely changed. Because I used uh, to have to call you. Hey, you, I, you know, you, I got that. You, you did. I will say, unfortunately, for years, our department was known as that's where the place, that's the place where things go to die. So me having the fortune at that time of being there 12, 13 years, I saw what worked. I saw what didn't. And so when Mayor Woodfin appointed me to the position, I was able to come in and make some necessary changes, such as for the first time ever, we have what's called a matter intake system. So before 
different departments would just randomly select attorneys. We would call that attorney shopping. I knew I wanted that to end because there would be disparate workload across the board. And so what we decided was through a matter intake form, you have to send us something via email. We, I assign it along with, at the time, the chief of transactions. We assign it to a particular attorney. We will give you a deadline of when that is to be completed. Oh, wow. And we will give you status reports. That had never been done. And you can't go outside of the attorney that you're assigned. We know the workload. We know what they're dealing with. That tremendously solved so much. I can bet it did. And now we have um, it electronically. So it's it's a real, the departments just fill out a form via the city's website, comes directly to us. We divvy out the assignments and it's cut down so much confusion. And things, they're deadlines. Mm. Things have to be done out. The attorneys always worked hard, but this was just a system that I saw from a large law firm where I worked in Houston, Mm -hmm. one of the top law firms in Houston, where I was able to pick up that idea from years ago and bring it back home. Now, one of the things that has been, I don't think, highlighted enough, but it has been highlighted a little bit, is what you're doing around code enforcement. Tell me, I, I keep I keep asking and forgetting the acronym. DNAT. DNAT. The Drug and Nuisance Abatement Team. And so, in 2017, when Mayor Woodfin was elected, um, I can recall hearing many discussions that he had about his passion for neighborhood revitalization. And me being a former prosecutor, I really thought and said, "How can I help the mayor?" How can I help the city council in these efforts? And so that's how DNAT came about. Um, I talked to the mayor. I said, hey, I have this wonderful idea. Will you allow me the space to let it grow? And he told me, absolutely. And so what I had to do, because even though you have an idea initially, I didn't know all the ways to implement this idea. So I had to get a task force, and I created what's called the Drug Nuisance Abatement Team Task Force. And I had wonderful um, members on that task force that volunteered their time, their time um, to help me. District Attorney Danny Carr, I'm not going to name all the names, but the former police chief at the time and his team, um, Tommy Spina, defense attorney. Um, I don't want to go down too many names because it's, it's so many to remember. Um, but they're all my friends, so yes, you picked the right ones. Yes, yes. So, and I had some internal people that were from uh, code enforcement that were inspectors at the time. They were also on the task force. So I said, how can I bring this into fruition? So they helped me create a roadmap. And I took from those many hours, many months, many days of those meetings And I was able to form a team where I recruited the best and the brightest to be a part of my team um, to take these cases to Jefferson County Circuit Court. Now, these are cases that the law allows for the city of Birmingham to go after these problem property owners where there's drug nuisances taking place Mm -hmm. on their their property. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to to hire and bring in the right attorneys. Uh, for the first time ever, we have an African-American female investigator. Never happened um, before. I brought her on, and we are looking heavily into 
not just drug nuisance properties, but nuisance properties as well. Mm-hmm. But this is our way to help the mayor and the council to help clean up properties and hold property owners accountable. Wow. Um, living in 35211, I can't do anything but thank you. We have so many um, issues that fit that profile on the west side, you know, and um, my parents, other parents who chose to stay in these neighborhoods don't deserve how their neighbors are treating them. And so I just want to say I salute what you guys are doing. And if somebody has an issue, where do they reach out? They can reach out at 205-254-2369 or problemproperty at birminghamal.gov. Say those again. 205-254-2369 or problemproperty at birminghamal.gov. I will say that those um, emails that we get, the phone calls, I can't thank the citizens of Birmingham enough for their partnership with us because we can't do it without them. And we keep their information confidential. And so I just want them to know that it's a safe space. They don't have to worry about it being exposed or revealed. But we do need to know what's happening in their neighborhood. Um, one last thing. I know you are not big on the social media thing. But where can people find the website for the law department? Is there a law department from the main page or how does that work yes but we are working on an update it's antiquated so we are the city of birmingham is working on updating that but we are we are moving forward even though personally i'm not on social media if so very rarely we are trying to reorganize our page but yes it is on the city of birmingham's website but just know a new page will be forthcoming well i did my job of introducing you to the people so you got to uh, take the ball up and, and introduce them to your um, department when they come to the website. Absolutely. Any shout outs before you go? Just a shout out to my parents and my husband and my children and just to the citizens of Birmingham. I can't do this without you all. I want to thank my dear, dear, dear friend, Nicole King, for joining us. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63 urbanham.com and urbanham.news. God bless. Hi, I am Tanita Kane, and I'm running for the district court criminal judge place six in Jefferson County, Birmingham. For 23 years, I have fought for my client's fairness. It is time for me to take that passion and fairness to the bench. I want to be your judge, the judge for the people, because I care deeply about you. I kindly ask that you vote for Tanita Kane for judge on March 5th, 2024 for Place 6 Jefferson County District Court. Kane is able. Kane can.